a model for all. I remember my first year of priesthood, I was living with a a man who'd been a priest for 40 years, and I used to always pray in the evenings. Uh, I just found it more, it's, it's quieter, more relaxing, more attuned for reflection. But I noticed that he would get up at like 6 a.m. and pray. And I was like, all right, time to put on my big boy pants. And uh, now that I'm a, a priest, that if this is what it takes to be a faithful, joyful priest after 40 years, then this is what I'm going to do. And so I, I started getting up with him at 6, 6.30 in the morning and praying in the morning. And I found a difference that, that rather than ending the day, landing the plane with the Lord... I was starting the journey with the Lord, that, that I was putting first things first and spending time with Him. And, what, and it made a huge difference in my life. But what made the difference was I saw what He did and I sought to imitate Him. The Christian faith is not so much taught, but caught. That we, we see witnesses live the faith, and it speaks in a deeper way to us than anything. I think of, I remember, I think my first year in college, I was grabbing Wendy's in Phoenix on Camelback Road there with some friends, and I noticed this businessman at the table near us. He simply made the sign of the cross. And, you know, I had heard and thought, you know, it's a good thing to pray grace before meals a hundred times. But seeing that guy in the restaurant make the sign of the cross was more informative for me. It was more powerful than anything else. So it's interesting to think about who has modeled the faith to us. Who, Who lived the faith in an authentic way and it spoke to us. St. Paul today, in our second reading, he speaks about the power of witness. He says, you became imitators of us so that you now became a model for all the believers. So St. Paul was a model for them, and then they were a model, a witness for other people, and other people, and other people, all the way down to you and I. That's how the faith is passed on. So it's interesting to think about it. You know, who, who did that? There's good examples. Sometimes, there's, sometimes we learn more from bad examples. You know, even um, hypothetically our parents, you know, like where sometimes it's like, do as I say, not what I do. <laughs> or um, working with engaged couples, sometimes couples will say to me, sometimes they'll say, I had a be- my parents had a beautiful marriage, my grandparents... And, and sometimes they'll say, my parents were divorced, and I, that is not going to happen to me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to my kids. And, and so it becomes a powerful motivator, but I think there's, it's positive. We look for models. Jesus gives us the greatest model of how to live and love God on the cross. That as he tells us today, 
The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Jesus shows us what that looks like. That as he offers everything to the Father, he's like, this is what it looks like. I'm not saying that there's other ways that aren't good, but he's showing us the most complete, the fullest way to love God first. That we're all called to imitate. But the second way that Jesus' action, his model is loving, is not just for the Father, but Jesus, the bridegroom, lays down his life for us, his bride, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Jesus shows us what it is to love others. And what he wants for us is to receive that gift that he's offering us. So the cross shows us how fiercely God loves. Our first reading kind of paints the picture, too. You shall not molest or or bother or oppress an alien, a foreigner. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. if, If you steal from any of the neighbors, that I will hear you. I will hear their cry. But then he says something powerful. He says... He fights for us so strongly, he says, my wrath will flare up to anyone who's treated us unjustly, and I will kill you with the sword. (laughs) Which is Jesus' way of, colloquially, we would say today, if Jesus saw somebody messing with us, he he would say, I will cut you. Like, (laughs) like, he just says that I will kill you. Like, if you're going to mess with my beloved... I will strike you down. Do, do we feel that kind of love that God has for us? I think sometimes we feel like, I feel like he's going to strike me down. Mm-mm. That anyone who steals our happiness, any, people who fight against us, someone who's going to hurt us, people who treat us unjustly, that Jesus says, God says, I will fight against them. That, that Jesus sees sin and suffering taking us from the Father's love. And he says, I will take that. I will take that burden and I fight for you, my beloved. But a lot of times Jesus fights for our good and we don't. If you follow what he says here, he says, love God with your heart, soul, and mind. And then he says, then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as you have loved yourself. Which is kind of like saying, um, help your neighbor do their homework as you have done. So which of those two comes first? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love them, help them, help them clean their room as you have cleaned your room. It's us. That I can't give what I don't have. What have I been given? Jesus fighting for for my good and happiness. And what does he invite me to do? Is to do the same. And I can ask myself that question. That's why, you know, People would always say that, and you know, what would Jesus do? 
But there's power in that. Jesus, who loves me perfectly, what would he want from me? And, and maybe if, that's, if that feels more disconnected, abstract, think about someone who loves us a lot. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's our mom or something. What would my mom say about this situation? Do I do this or not? I know I shouldn't stay up till 3 a.m., but what would mom say? Like, I want you to go to bed because I love you and I want you to get your sleep because that's what's best for you. This person that you're seeing, you're dating, I, I don't like that because they don't treat you the best. And what we're invited to do is allow that, that voice of love, allow that model of love given to us to form us to know what it is to love ourselves and then to love people in that way. So sometimes we give in to things because we feel pressured. Like, I, I don't really want to do that, but everybody's doing it. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll do that. But when I recognize that and say, like, I don't, that doesn't feel very loving to myself. I know I, know I should listen to myself, but it doesn't matter what the but is. I need, I need to listen to myself. And when I recognize that and I love myself in that way, then I can give other people, I can love other people in that way. When, when that person says, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to do it, you say, it's okay, you don't have to. Because love doesn't pressure. Love invites, love offers, but love doesn't force. Just like God's love is offered to us. It's freely given, it's not imposed. And knowing that God loves me in that, in that beautiful, strong, fierce way, when I know that God fights for me first, I want to make him the center of my life. Making him the center of my life does not take away any happiness at all. It actually safeguards it. It orders it. It helps me to know what, what love really looks like compared to sometimes I can be confused about it. What does love look like? Well, I like this last sentence of the first reading too. It says, I will, if he cries to me, I will hear him for I am compassionate. What does compassionate mean? The word itself means to suffer with. That Jesus loves us so much that he comes to suffer with us. He comes to be with us and fight for us. That's our invitation today, is to look to Jesus as the model of what love looks like. And then we can model that love to a world that really needs it. But first and foremost, to receive the gift of his love for me.